You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the July edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Taking a look at the editorial page, we have something from the Managing Editor by Matt Litt. 37 years ago, in 1986, I first drove into the San Luis Valley from northern New Mexico. Fresh out of college, on my first professional job as a cub reporter, regional editor for the Taos News, I passed Castilla and crossed into Colorado on my way to Alamosa to visit a friend. Journalistically, under the sometimes really tough tutelage of Billy Blair, I became a solid writer, editor, and journalist. I thank her to this day for being so tough on me and what she brought to my entire professional life. Life would land me in Summit County in 1988, where I started as a photojournalist and writer, including freelance assignments for the Denver Post, the Rocky Mountain News, Associated Press, and United Press International. After a brief stint in Israel for Black Star Agency, I returned to Summit and went on to become a managing editor for a full-color magazine spun for a full-color magazine. I spun that skill into creating a graphic design and photography company and even created a nonprofit art center. And yes, I did a whole lot of skiing. During all these years, I passed through this valley on my way to Taos and Arizona. It would take my breath away every time I descended Ponte Pass and glimpsed the Sagrada Cristos. My visits here were mostly limited to telemark skiing the dunes. Jump forward a lifetime to 2022, and I finally took the left at Moffat, making the San Luis Valley and Crestone my home. It was a natural course, a Crestone serendipity, that I would become a board member on the local nonprofit newspaper, the Crestone Eagle, a full circle in my career back to community journalism. I worked with the board as it transitioned through the paper, passing from Kizanlaki to the nonprofit board. My editorial and newspaper production skills, along with the keen editorial skills of other board members, allowed us to keep the paper moving forward. When asked to take on the role of managing editor this last month, I felt the time had come to throw my hat over the fence, saying yes to the offer. I suspect with the westerly winds here, that hat is probably well past Westcliff now. For the past months, I've worked alongside Jennifer Aitchison, learning the systems she had learned from Kizen. Taking the role of managing editor now allows Jennifer to focus on her position as the director of the paper's day-to-day operations. You've noticed changes in the paper over the last few months. All of us here at the Crestone Eagle are working hard to create a new look that builds from the years of Kizen's hard work and dedication. The Crestone Eagle has also begun moving its attention out into the valley with broader coverage. This is something we needed to do as part of the nonprofit grants we are receiving. My goal as managing editor, with the support of the board and our editorial team, is to broaden our coverage while keeping sight of the Eagle's history and comprehensive coverage of our small, unique community. A very recent death in the community has me pondering how best to address news stories in our small, unique community. It is my goal to present news about our community members with compassion and integrity. To accomplish this goal, 
I understand I have a great deal to learn about my role in this community. I am open to all voices, new and old, and while I won't make promises, I will remain open and considerate if you'll do the same with me. Crestone Eagle Community Media nonprofit board members are Gussie Fauntleroy, President, Rick Hart, Treasurer, Karen Barbie, Secretary, and we welcome our newest member, Leah Murphy-Garcia. Our editorial team includes Gussie, Karen, Zayla Pearson-Good, Uma Joel-Sur, Leah, and Jennifer. Our staff includes Marketing and Media Manager Uma, Accounts Manager Shoshana Aisha, Website Administrator James Henwood, Bookkeeper Angie Geis, Executive Director Jennifer. We are adding new writers and reporters as well. I look forward to serving the people of the Crestone Baca community and the Valley. I am committed to being a part of the collaborative effort of like-visioned, impassioned people who work to produce an informative, accurate, high-quality newspaper. I'll be in the Crestone Eagle office on Tuesdays and Thursdays from about 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Crestone time. Stop by and visit. Email me at editor at crestoneagle.com or call the office at 719-256-4956. For more about me, visit my link tr.ee slash f-o-t-o-m-a-t-t list of links. And this being 4th of July week, we have this article, Freedom in Unity, 4th of July Celebration in Crestone, written by Nick Navarres. Hello, Crestone. This year's 4th of July celebration will be one for the books, and I hope you have a chance to join us in the revelry. The event theme, Freedom in Unity, is meant to highlight the the necessity for us all to put aside our differences and come together to continue to make this home of ours an outstanding place to live. I have never experienced a place where so many talented people reside, and I lived in New Orleans, and am honored to continue to serve Crestone and the area in the best way I know how, by bringing us all together in celebration. This year's Grand Marshal, Eden Elderberry, was chosen for many reasons. Eden and her partner, Leah, came to the area originally to join a different community in Del Norte. But when that didn't work out, she took a job as a librarian in Crestone and soon began to integrate into the community while taking care of her kids and living in a camper. In the two years she has been here, she has helped to create a robust schedule of programs for all ages throughout the year at the library, targeting kids and adults. When the threat of the food bank closed closing loomed, Eden opened a food bank rescue program at the library on Fridays to ensure that people still had access to free food. After purchasing a home in Casita Park, she first joined and then took over and ran the Friends of Casita Park, whose aim is to make the small neighborhood a more beautiful and welcoming place to live. With her kids at the Crestone Charter School, she joined the governing council to help direct the future of the school. She serves breakfast to the kids during the school year and helps to manage their recycling program. Last, but certainly not least, she has taken on the role of feeding the volunteers during the energy fair, cooking two meals daily for up to 50 people. Eden exemplifies selfless giving of her time and talents to serve the community and make it a better place for all of us to live, and that is why she will be honored in this year's celebration. The festivities kick off at 9 a.m. with the Crestone Runners Club featuring their annual 5K run and walk. 
top prize receives a recycled award from marathon winner Chuck Smead. The run starts at 8 a.m. in front of the Cloud Station. This year's celebration will start a bit early with the parade at 11.30 a.m. Lineup will begin at 10.30 a.m. at the corner of Golden and Cottonwood, and everyone is invited to join the revelry. The park festivities will kick off at noon with Merrill Ennis singing the Star Spangled Banner, followed by the water balloon fight between the Crestone and Baca Fire Departments and kids of all ages in the wet zone, corner of Silver and Cottonwood. An exceptional lineup of fun music for everyone to dance to has been curated by Crestone Performance, Inc.'s new executive director, Lydia Schultz, and will continue throughout the day until 9 p.m. Acts include blues, rock and funk local favorite, Blue Rooster, Shumai Crestone's Hikari Taiko, Zeke and Funk Denver band Los Mochochetes, and soulfully melodic Rocket Parade. The day ends with the irresistibly fun Latin dance band, Onda. The Soapbox Derby returns this year with many more contestants, and the winner will be awarded a $500 prize sponsored by Mountainside Realty. My parents will be helping me at the beginning and end of the race, so be sure to say hello. A pie-baking contest is new this year in an effort to raise money for the new food bank location, the old charter school buildings next to the library. There will be three categories for the pies, fruit, cream, exotic with awards for first, second, and third in each category, and an overall best-of competition. If you would like to enter, bring your pie to the Baca Grand Booth, an RV set up to receive pies, between 12.30 and 1.30 p.m. Anonymous judging will begin at 1.30 p.m. with the winners announced on stage. At 3 p.m., pie slices will be available with a donation to the Food Bank Fund. Suggested donation is $5, but people may give what they can. Lastly, a special three-song performance from the musical Cabaret will be performed as part of the ongoing fundraiser for the new park stage. A huge shout-out to the sponsors who stepped up this year to help me bring this event to life. The Swatch County Commissioners, Darlene Yarborough Real Estate, the Crestone Mercantile, the Elephant Cloud, T-Road Brewing, and Higher Elevation. And finally, thank you to the Town of Crestone trustees for continuing to trust me to bring this event to life. See you soon. And we have another 4th of July type article, Independence Day. It's not just about hot dogs. This was written by Karen Barbie. We call it Independence Day, or America's birthday, and are heading into the 247th year of celebrating the demand for freedom that was set with the July 2nd vote and July 4th adoption of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. It was August of the same year that this declaration was then signed by the members of the Continental Congress, but the independence declared was, at that time, a statement rather than a reality. The Declaration of Independence was not a legally binding document. It was a powerful statement of intention that held until true independence was gained in 1783, seven years later, with the signing of the Treaty of Paris, which ended the American Revolution and formally recognized the United States as an independent nation. The enthusiasm for the the Declaration of Independence was evident in the words of John Adams, who called for people to celebrate the day with Pomp and parade with shoes, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward, 
forevermore. And indeed, the colonists did celebrate, beginning with an unplanned celebration on the streets of Philadelphia in 1777, the first July 4th commemoration. In 1781, Massachusetts became the first state to declare the 4th of July an official state holiday. Eighty-nine years later, in 1870, the 4th of July was declared a federal holiday, and there has been no looking back. Each year, across the entire span of the country, the citizens of the United States of America celebrate with parades, fireworks, barbecues, carnivals, concerts, political speeches, and hot dogs. Yes, hot dogs. According to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, Americans typically eat 150 million hot dogs on Independence Day, enough to stretch from D.C. to L.A. more than five times. That is a lot of hot dogs. Here in Crestone, one food that will be available this year is pie. Bakers are encouraged to enter the pie-baking competition hosted by the Baca Grand Association. After judging, pies and slices will be available for purchase, with the proceeds being donated to the painting of the building that will house the food bank located on T Road near the library. Happy birthday, United States of America! And in more serious news, we have this from the Swatch County Assessor, Peter Peterson. County Assessor responds to property tax June opinion piece. As the Swatch County Assessor, I want to reply to the opinion piece penned by Mr. Nick Navarres on page three of the Eagles June issue, which misrepresented my words and has misinformed the Crestone community in several ways and to offer accurate information for the community members. Mr. Navarres states that we have a new AI program to value property in Swatch County. That is not true. Every assessor in all 64 Colorado counties uses the same method to value property. It is called mass appraisal and has been used for the past 40 plus years. This process is mandated by the Colorado Constitution, the Division of Property Taxation and Case Law, among other parameters. The reason property values increased so much is because of people moving to Colorado, especially rural areas, for many reasons during COVID and they were paying hugely inflated prices for property. This period of inflated pricing, by law, brings everyone's value up, sometimes way up. This is not a random calculation the assessor makes up on a whim. It is a rigorous, detailed process. Many assessors, including myself, believe there should be another way to deal with the increased tax burden faced by not only folks on fixed incomes, but otherwise limited income, but all property owners, regardless of income. Governor Polis and others are attempting to address the problem. I anticipate there will be several ballot initiatives this fall that will help with this issue. Please watch these closely and vote accordingly. I believe our taxes are estimated now as estimated now, will be lower when the January notices are mailed. In short, I was elected to this office in 2014 with the promise of bringing the assessor's office up to the highest modern standards. I believe I have accomplished that. All 64 assessors, Colorado assessor's offices are subjected annually to an intensely thorough audit by an independent company commissioned by the Colorado legislature. We have passed this audit every year with flying colors. Not an easy feat. The assessor's office is one of the most highly trained in the county, which includes hundreds of hours of continuing education and testing. I and my staff fully understand and appreciate the enormity of this job and the impact it has on actual people and their families, 
not just anonymous property owners. We are confident and care deeply about this work. We talk weekly about our commitment to public service. We are not perfect, and there are certainly errors in our system. This is why we value the protest period so we can correct any errors property owners bring to our attention. I urge anyone interested in how Colorado State mandated property appraisal actually works to go to our website for a full overview. That website is www.sawatchcounty.colorado.gov and click on the assessor tab at the top. This information will then allow a person to make informed choices. Information that leads people to believe the assessor's office is incompetent and generates random values, such as what was contained in Mr. Navarro's article, hurts all of us, the community, and my office. The Sawatch BOCC has voted to extend the deadline for the assessor to respond to a valuation protest to August 15th instead of June 30th. More information will soon be on the assessor website, sawatchcounty.colorado.gov. Now turning to BOCC news, written by Thomas D. McCracken, District 1 Commissioner, Crestone Fire Department Construction, Paving, SLV Go, and more. Infrastructure. Construction has begun on additions to the Crestone Fire Department building. The Swatch County Commission, BOCC, in, in conjunction with the Northern Swatch County Fire Protection District, NSCFPD, allocated over $90,000 in emergency sales tax funds in 2021 for this project. The project was planned to accommodate search and rescue, a fully equipped office for a sheriff's deputy, and bathroom facilities and a shower where emergency responders can clean up after an incident. A small kitchen is to be included, as well as some training facilities. Paving operations are underway on Wagon Wheel Road between Badger and just past Spanish Creek Trail, the evacuation route. My hope is that one day we will find the funding with the help of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to pave the evacuation route and straighten various portions of that road to increase safety and to accommodate some of the traffic that currently uses Camina Baca Gran. Ron Garcia, former manager of the Baca National Wildlife Reserve, had a vision to also add a bike pedestrian path that would connect the grants to the trail system that is being developed on the reserve. We will continue to work with the new Baca Wildlife Refuge Supervisor, Ty Benali, toward, toward that end. Benali, in concert with San Luis Valley Great Outdoors, SLV Go, has obtained a grant from Colorado Parks and Wildlife to complete the section of the trail from Spanish Creek Trail to the kiosk at the intersection of County Road T and Camino Baca Grande, the entrance to the Baca. The BOCC is working with a private landowner to obtain an easement or a memorandum of understanding to allow passage through the landowner's property on a short section of that trail near the kiosk. This will connect the visitor center on the refuge to the kiosk and beyond to the planned safe routes to school trail. A section of trail referred to as the Kiosk Connection Trail was completed last fall by SLV Go with the cooperation of the Crestone Charter School and the Baca Ground Property Owners Association. This section of trail heads east from the kiosk and connects to the future site of the Safe Routes to School Trail. This entire project is coordinated by the Eastern SLV Trails Coalition, of which the county is a member. The spring, the Safe Routes to School Trail project was put out for bid and None were submitted. A new solicitation will be sent soon. Water. 
Chair of the San Luis Valley Council of Governments, Tom McCracken, has been working on an intergovernmental agreement, IGA, between all six valley counties and eventually all municipalities in the valley that will allow the group to review water export applications made in the region. Toward that end, the county assigned the IGA and on June 6 adopted new 1041 regulations as part of that IGA agreement. 1041 regulations give local governments a seat at the table during the review of development projects occurring within their jurisdiction, even when the project has statewide impacts. The IGA forms a joint planning region and a joint planning commission. Alamosa County has also signed the IGA, and we are looking forward to the other counties signing as well. The BOCC has an interest in protecting the surface and groundwater of Sawatch County and to that end has been seeking grant funding for a groundwater research and monitoring project. We have allocated federal ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act, funds toward that effort and have approached the Rio Grande Basin Roundtable for additional funding through the Colorado Water Conservation Board. Legal. During the regular BOCC meeting, June 6, there was a public hearing concerning removal of language from our existing 1041 regulations that exempted the Rio Grande Water Conservation District from some of those regulations. It is in the interest of the entire county for our Land Use Department and the BOCC to review applications under the 1041s as a means of protecting the environment from activities such as removal of lands from agricultural production. These activities can potentially damage habitat for endangered species and can lead to blowing dust and weed invasion if not done correctly. The language in question was removed from the 1041s without any objection from the public. The county prevailed in an action to obtain a restraining order and injunction relief against a citizen in the town of Sargents who had constructed a fence in a county roadway. The hearing was held Friday, June 16th. The BOCC, at its work session June 13th, discussed vendor fees that had been previously adopted, mainly in response to the Seven Peaks Festival. Objections to the fees were raised by members of the Thursday market being held at South Crestone Park on POA property. At the regular meeting June 20th, the BOCC voted to rescind those fees and the application itself. Should the county provide a location for an outdoor market, it will revisit those requirements, but in the meantime, Property owners hosting vendors will maintain whatever regulations they may require. The county is seeking volunteers for, for a weed advisory board. We need a member from the organic farming ranching community and a member from the conventional farming and ranching community. See the Sawatch County website for more information or email Wendy Mays at wmays at sawatchcounty-co.gov. At its June 20th meeting, commissioners decided to proceed with the formation of a building codes task force. Opportunities to participate will be announced in the near future. Social Services and Public Health. A new Department of Social Services, DSS, attorney should be in place soon. After interviewing the two applicants, applicants an offer will be made soon. DSS received a grant from the state to purchase local foods for its food bank services. This is happening in Swatch and Center and plans to support a Crestone food bank are in place once it opens. Department head Christina Wilson shared the need for foster homes so local children can stay in the community. Interested persons or families should contact DSS at 719-655-2537 to learn more. The Public Health Department is working with the Early Childhood Council of San Luis Valley to obtain supplies to support families with young children. This includes diapers, wipes, ointments, and other items. For more information or to su obtain supplies for your family, 
Call 719-655-2533. And turning to a quick look at events, recurring events, Saturday Market is 9 to 5 in downtown Crestone, and Thursday Market is from 10 to 4 in South Crestone, Baca Park. Mercadilla and El Rio starting July 12th, a weekly farmer's market held Wednesdays from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Rio Grande Farm Park in Alamosa. Snap and double up bucks are accepted. Visit riograndefarmpark.org slash mercadillo for more information or to sign up to vend. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.